perfect for recording. Hi, you guys, and welcome back to the Morning Jots podcast. I am your host, Nikki, and I'm so excited to dive into this conversation today. And joining me is Sam. She's the owner of the Well Society, and I have followed her for you guys. I don't even know how long, probably over a year. And I'm obsessed with her, her aesthetic, her wisdom, just everything about her and i just want to say that i was so drawn to you actually because i appreciate someone who defies the one size fits all model when it comes to healing or anything in life and i think it's so annoying because we've grown up around a narrative when it comes to the health world like oh we should all eat this way or this way and be on this diet and it just i think you shed so much light and give people hope to people who may feel like they have failed diets but actually it was the diet failing them and we're gonna dive deep into all of this you guys and i can't wait but thank you again so much for being here thank you. Please, so please feel free to share anything about yourself that you feel called to okay okay absolutely um well first thank you so much for having me I'm like beyond anytime I get to talk about anything health I'm just like can go on for hours so I'm very excited um but I guess first just a little bit more background about me so that people know um I'm a registered dietitian and I have a master's in nutrition for wellness and I literally have had every experience with almost all the health things so it's like I have the um like academic education but I also know what it feels like to go through PCOS I know what it feels like to go through IBS I had hypothyroidism now sometimes I had thyroid cancer so right now I I like with my medications I get symptoms of hyperthyroidism I get hypo so I know exact when I help people I know exactly what they're going through which I think helps a lot because it's like you can go to practitioners and they it's hard to like tell people what you're experiencing so I think because of that and going back to the one size fits all it's the same thing it's like I know maybe what works for me isn't going to work for everyone and that's where like the academic education kind of comes in where it's like I know what you're experiencing and I know what it feels like but we're going to figure out what works best for you not just what I say works best for me and you know what's fucking crazy? I love this all. I love this all. And it's just wild to me that this isn't how our Western medicine system is. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. And that's why it is invaluable to have people like you are who are like a holistic dietitian who not only has the knowledge, like you were saying, like the academic knowledge, but also the personal experience yeah. of really going through it and knowing what people are dealing with. And this is actually like a perfect place to start because I think I realized that you did have like health issues, but I didn't realize it went that deep. And so I want to hear everything about your experience with like being sick. And have you like gone back to, and you could talk about this, if there was like a catalyst to what caused some of these sort of things and just go off on that. Yeah, definitely. So I'll start first with everything started with my hormone issues. So when I was like 16, 17, I didn't get my period till I was like 15, which is pretty late. So I didn't get it till I was like 15. And then I got it and then it disappeared. So I got it for a couple months and then it never came back. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And back then, obviously, like I was in high school, I didn't know anything about anything, you know, like I was not in the health sphere yet. So then I go to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, you got to go on birth control pill. That's the only way you're going to get your period. So I was like, okay, sure. Like I'll go on the pill. So then I was on the pill for like 10 years, literally 10 years because I, well, I, I stopped here and there, but like now I'm like, well, I was probably like 24. So I'm 24 at this time. I just am like finishing up my schooling and things like that. I'm like, you know what? I don't think the pill is what, and this was like, we 
know now a thousand times more about it than we did even when I was like 24 and finishing school. I'm going to be 32 this month. So it was a little while ago. Um, But so at that time I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to be the best for me. Like it has so many of these side effects. That's when like I had all the IBS stuff and I was like, I shouldn't be having this many stomach problems. Like something is wrong. Yeah. So then I decided to come off the pill and that was a whole thing in itself. So that's what a lot of people are going through right now is like, we're now realizing that the birth control pill is a band-aid fix for our hormone issues, for our acne issues, for whatever it is, for cramping, things like that. And everyone's like, hey, get me off. And then when you want to come off, all your hormones rebound, they go crazy. So you get hair loss, you get acne, which is what happened to me. I broke out like crazy. I lost a ton of hair. And then there was one point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back on because like, obviously no one likes breaking out, you know, like I'm all about like loving yourself, but like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, like I don't want to break out. (laughs) So, um, I was like, no, I'm going to stick it out. And then I decided to figure out exactly what you're supposed to do before you come off the pill. So this doesn't happen to people. So I kind of did that, even though I had been off of it already, I did the whole thing that I like was telling other people now what I tell them to do. And my skin cleared up, my periods came back. I hadn't gotten my period in a year. And then I did this, I got my period back. But then right at that time, sorry, this is a very long explanation. Oh, of so then right at that time, once I finally got my period back, my skin was clear, all of that stuff. Um, how I actually found that the thyroid cancer had nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. I also had hypothyroidism when I was like coming off the pill, which no one told me at the time, like it could happen. So they just told me like, oh, yeah, like you I did have antibodies so they said I had Hashimoto's but they were like yeah you have hypothyroidism and now we know it has a lot to do with being on the birth control pill which at the time we didn't but I fixed that myself too without ever going on thyroid medication so my antibodies went away my hypothyroidism went away and then very randomly no one knows yet why we get thyroid cancer it could be from cell phones which is really scary it could be from like any type of like weird radiation that you might get or nobody knows so once all of that was gone my hypothyroidism was gone I was doing great um I had like this weird neck pain which is totally unrelated and I went to the chiropractor and he was like well before I adjust you let's just get an MRI to make sure like your discs and stuff are okay when and I never do MRIs but I was like whatever like I'll go do it and then I went and did the MRI and they accidentally found the tumor on my thyroid. So it was totally random. I had no symptoms, nothing. Oh my God. Yeah. So then fast forward, do all of that. I had to do a round of radiation, all of those things. And then that's when I was like, too, okay, I need to, after that, I realized how important the thyroid really was. And I was like, okay. Like, this is going to be my specialty. I need to help people because it's the cause of so much. It controls our heart rate, it controls our metabolism, it controls our cycles, literally everything. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use this to help everybody else now. Oh my God, chills. I 
didn't know it was that deep. I didn't know it was that deep. I know that you've shared like how you're like transformation a little bit of like losing inflammation, that type of thing. But I had no idea it went that deep. Yeah. I'm so sorry for that experience. No, but also, I mean, I get to help so many yeah, people. Yeah. Isn't that always how it works? It's like you go through something really hard and you can use it to your benefit. I mean, the same thing happened to me. And it's just so wild. It's so wild because you went to a chiropractor and they like kind of like in the right direction. And the same thing happened to me when I was yeah. like having a ton of back pain. Like mm -hmm. you were like, oh, I think they did x-rays and stuff like that. And then they were like, uh, I think your breast implants are a problem. And then I got so many autoimmune issues from having breast implants. So I got mm -hmm. them removed and everything, but it's just so yeah. wild. Like you just don't, I feel like symptoms are so weird and it's so hard when we're younger and getting symptoms because it's so easy to like overlook and be like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, like I'm growing up, like, yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. it's not normal. And so I really appreciate the work that you're doing and like how you're helping people. And so my older sister, there's different types of, I never took hormonal birth control, like ever. So I don't know much about it. All I know is that actually, this is a really funny story. Yeah. I was like gonna get my period for prom, like when I was in high school. And my mom was like, oh, just take one of my birth control pills. And she's like, maybe it'll like skip a few days. And so I like, was like listening to my mom, like, oh yeah, I don't yeah. want to get my period. Yeah. So I took one of her pills and I lost mm -hmm. my period for like a couple months from one pill. So if anyone's listening to this, never take anyone else's medication. Yeah. First of all, like, holy shit. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, that was like the, my first experience and only experience with it. And then my older sister, she did get on birth control like really young. And then she mm -hmm. started getting where you had to get like a shot like every couple months, like in your butt. And mm -hmm. it was terrible. Like she was fine for a while, but the amount of like headaches and how yeah. bad they were. So I got migraines every single week. Probably. Oh my God. It was like every single day she was mm -hmm. getting like like debilitating like yeah. migraines and stuff like just couldn't like didn't want anyone to talk to her was like chugging Literally me. because the doctors told <laughs> yeah. her that she was like dehydrated and I was like this is crazy so I just want to kind of talk about how you talked about coming off of it and like doing all the right things and so I know everybody's really different and they might need like different Absolutely. types of advice but like what general advice can you mm -hmm. give to people mm -hmm. who are coming off hormonal birth control amazing i love this i'm actually making an ebook about like all the different things so that's coming soon wow. i'm just like a crazy perfectionist so like, i can't put it out until it's perfect but so it depends a lot of it depends like you were saying on what you went on it for in the first place okay so like i went on it because i had amenorrhea i wasn't getting my period and they said by the way important information here um they said to me you go on it so you can get your period but the period you get when you're on the pill is a fake period yeah. you bleed because you're withdrawing from medication it's not actually the whole purpose of the pill is that it floods your body with so many hormones that it's breaking the connection between like your pituitary and your ovaries so like you're literally breaking the cycle so now imagine when you come off you have to re some people it's like go they reestablish the connection super fast. Like people have no problem. Other people, you could lose your period when you come off. If you went on it for acne, if you haven't fixed um, like what you, the source of the acne, the root cause, it's going to come back when you come off. If it was cramping, same thing. If you haven't during the time that you were on the pill, fix the root cause of whatever is going on, that problem is just going to come back when you stop. But the very general things that everyone should do if they're deciding to come off the pill. So if it's on hormonal birth control or if you have like a hormonal IUD, same thing. It depletes a lot of vitamins while you're taking it. So 
the number one things is probably B12 for sure, magnesium, vitamin D. I would say those are the top three, like zinc also, but I would say B12, magnesium, vitamin D, top three are things you want to take every day for 30 days before you come off. And you really want to detox. So like, I'm all about balance. I'm all about eating my croissants and all of that. But the 30 days before you want to come off, really try and avoid like refined sugar, eat at home as much as possible, like cook your own meals, get into the habit of working out, like everything you're supposed to do throughout the year, you want to do in those 30 days. So like, that's very important to do before you come off because you want your body to be prepared and be healthy when you like remove all of these hormones. So those are like the most general things I would say people should do when you want to come off. That's so, it's so interesting too. And I wonder like what causes some people to just get their period. Cause like my older sister, for example, she was so over those debilitating headaches and she actually randomly one night was like, I'm going to look at the side effects of what this birth control is giving me like this shot. And it was like, it will give you like horrible headaches. Like she was getting CAT scans and like MRIs because they couldn't find the source of what was causing her headaches. Anyways, long story short, she was like, I'm not taking this anymore. Like this is like literally killing me. And it felt like it was like a month later and she had her period, but she did have acne come up and like Mm -hmm. some of these things. And so it's just so interesting to, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think I knew that about birth controls that it's like harming that cycle that you have and it's yeah. just like a fake period mm-hmm. I'm like what even is the benefit of that anyway then do you know what I mean exactly I mean for some people obviously people that like don't want to get pregnant sure like they're really like that I'm not like dissing anyone that wants to be on birth control but you have to know what you should do that's the missing piece like if you want to stay on it yes take a b12 take a magnesium that's probably why people are getting crazy migraines, including myself, is because I'm magnesium deplete. And that's one one of the only things that they kind of think about. No one really knows anything about migraines either, but they think that like it could be from a magnesium deficiency, which makes so much sense. Is there a so, specific type of magnesium that you rec- like recommend? That's a good question. So there are different types of magnesium do a bunch of different things. I really like magnesium glycinate the most because it's just like that's the one that you can use to replenish magnesium. Like it doesn't really, there's other ones for sleep and um, like if you can't go to the bathroom, things like that. But the glycinate is like basic. Yeah, magnesium glycinate is like my bestie. Yeah. When I started my healing journey, I notice when I like don't take it versus when I do take it, mm-hmm. I take it every night, like four capsules before I go to bed and I sleep like a, like my mind goes blank and I just yeah. go to sleep and that's like unheard of because I'm a chronic mm-hmm. overthinker, like chronic anxiety. And I'm like, holy shit, I love magnesium glycinate. So this is like a plug for magnesium yeah. glycinate. Right? <laughs> I love it so that might be after... I think vitamin D might come second, but magnesium is my, like, I love her. Yeah, no. And you know, what's crazy is that even people who don't take hormonal, like birth control, like we're so depleted in vitamin D anyway. Like I knew, like I didn't take it. And when I first was getting sick and was doing blood tests and I like got my, they were like, this is the lowest vitamin D I've ever seen. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to go sit in the sun. And like, so is, do you think it's really important for people because they like give me lately, a prescription obviously of that vitamin Mm -hmm. d do you know if there's a difference between that prescription one and like a good supplement one so the prescription ones it's in your case where it's super low like they probably gave you like a 5,000 iu or a 10,000 iu or something like that and they say like do you remember how many times a week they said 
for you to take I, it or anything? I don't remember, but I do know that the the supplement one when I like was working with like a functional medicine practitioner, like I was taking it daily. So I like low dose, like a thousand IU daily. I don't really love the ones that are like ten thousand, like take it once a week. Yeah. For some reason, things like that, and this is not scientific, so no, like don't take this scientifically, but like I feel like we should be doing it. Like the same way, obviously, there's not a lot of food you can get it from, but let's say like vitamin C, you're not going to have a thousand oranges in one day. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have like an orange one day, another type of like vitamin C food. So I feel like it should be like that. So your body is like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of vitamin D every day. And that's, so I like 1000 IU daily, every other day, kind of something like that, just because I feel like that's a more natural way of giving your body unless it's like super low where your doctor wants it to come up fast that's a totally different story and absolutely listen to your doctor but just general I like 1000 IU daily amazing amazing and I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't ask this I feel like this is the burning question but most people want to know too it's like what are your top three tips for hormone health that's tough I know okay so top three tips obviously the top top one is always the food you eat. So I'm all about balance. I'm all about like, I don't think anyone should cut anything out. But for the most part, your food should have one ingredient name, like whatever you're cooking with, if you're going to cook, I don't know, with zucchini, you're in your food should be zucchini, it shouldn't be zucchini from a bag that has zucchini and calcium, whatever. And like, blah, 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 blah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it should just be zucchini. That's super important. And I think people like, I love Trader Joe's, you know what I mean? I love Trader Joe's, but... She's problematic. <laughs> she's problematic. So you can go and you can get like, oh my God, this vegetable medley looks amazing. And then you look at the ingredients and there's 7,000 ingredients yeah. in there. And that's not what you want to do for your hormones. Like all those little things, if you want to have it once a month, great, totally fine. But like, if you're on a hormone healing journey, that's not what you want to be eating like on a daily basis. Next, probably for sure, make sure your vitamin D is where it needs to be because that's super, super important along with magnesium. But like, I feel like now like the wellness girlies are pretty good about their magnesium. Like, I feel like that's the one thing that I see people taking the most, but now we're kind of neglecting vitamin D a little bit. And it's not like, especially if you are going to see the sun in the summer and things like that, you don't need to worry about it that much, but in the winter time, for sure, especially like all of us that get like seasonal depression and things like that, like that's a big one. Magnesium and vitamin D both are big, big ones for that. So I'd probably say those two, you want to make sure that um, they're where they need to be vitamin D first for sure. And then magnesium. Um, Third one, probably exercise. Yeah. These are like things where like you, this is like what I know people are like expecting a supplement or something. And I guess magnesium and vitamin D count, but food and exercise and making sure like your body is healthy without like, that's not obviously you have to pay for food, but like that doesn't cost, you don't need to go buy a supplement for this. Like you need to make sure you're sweating. You need to make sure like your body is active, all of that kind of stuff. So food and exercise, I switch. Food first, exercise, then vitamin D and magnesium. Yeah. 
For sure. I think it's always so, I, I think it's refreshing too, when you look back and you realize it's really the simple things that help, mm-hmm. right? Like it's getting enough sleep. It's eating the correct food that that's actually- That's a good one. Food. If there was a number four, it would be sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like that's actually what I realized was messing me up because I was like so, but again, I was running on like high stress hormones. So it was hard for me to stay asleep. Yeah. But when I started to fix my sleep, I felt so much better, but like I was chronically waking up at like three or four or getting up like eight times to go pee in the night. Like literally, that's not even an exaggeration. I would get up so many times and like sleep is just the number, one of my number one things too, along mm-hmm. with eating good. And then mm-hmm. something too, that my functional medicine practitioner that stayed with me, what she told me was not having naked carbs like always making sure that you're having like a fat or a protein with a carb like just Absolutely. yeah those little things a balanced meal yeah. it's like so basic that you like forget to say it, but it's like we forget yeah it's yeah. So, so exactly i mean like if and if we want to get into it more just so people know like things to look into is like make sure your blood sugars like make sure you don't have insulin resistance make sure your your blood sugars is spiking and then coming down and all of those things make sure your cortisol is okay do not drink coffee on an empty stomach in the morning yes. that's the number one thing that I say to people that will mess and a lot of people there's so many I mean even me I go on the internet sometimes when I know something I'm like I know this and then I start researching it I'm like wait like do I know this and then I have to like pull it back and I'm like no 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 I know this so like you can read and people will say yeah, sure. I'm sure some people are going to be fine if they have coffee on an empty stomach. Nobody's the same. But I just urge people to try it for a week. Try having something in the morning before you have your caffeine, before you have whatever it is. Water first, obviously, always is great. But um, eat for a week before you have your caffeine in the morning and just see how you feel. And I can almost guarantee that you will say, oh, my God, I feel like a totally different person. Oh my God, for sure. I was never really the person who would just wake up and drink coffee, but like I would see my older sister doing it. She's like the chronic like four or five cups <laughs> of person, just like throwing them back from that Keurig. And I was just like, how are you just waking up and drinking coffee? And I actually would tell her about this. I'm like, you probably should eat first, then have coffee. And she like literally two weeks later, she messaged me and she's like, what happened to me? Yeah. Like, I feel it's so crazy. much less anxiety. It is so, and it, like, I can't even really describe it unless you know what it feels like before and after, but you just feel like whole. I think that's the best way. Like, before that, it's like you're running on fumes, and it's like, oh my God, I'm running on the energy that my body is using from the food that I'm eating. Like, it's such a crazy thing to experience. So, that's number one. And then it helps with, like, you already have cortisol in the morning. So, when you do that, it's like, you're giving yourself even more so it's kind of like blunting the system I guess the best is the best way to say it plus like when your cortisol goes up like that your blood sugar goes up with it and then it crashes that's why you get the afternoon like like two I need another cup of coffee or I'm gonna die type of thing so also something really good to do is to have protein in the morning if you want your cortisol to last so this kind of has to do with sleep protein doesn't um what's the word I'm looking for like lower I guess Protein doesn't lower cortisol, it lets it do what it needs to in the morning. And then you want to have like a complex carb or like, like a good source of carbohydrate closer to dinner time, because then you want your cortisol to come start coming down so you can sleep and carbohydrates lower cortisol. I feel like I didn't know that. Yeah. 
it's like so like a lot of people it's just like random things that you like if I didn't go to school for this I would never know either it's so insane. So insane. I love this because I'm, again, like I told you, I'm on this like healing journey, but also I really want to go into this topic more of blood sugar because I was told so long ago and it's so funny. I'm like, why didn't I just listen to that man when he was like telling me like that I had like a blood sugar imbalance? Like, why couldn't I have just listened to him? And I didn't for like years until I got like really bad and I was having really bad symptoms. But like, what what are things that people can do to start balancing their blood sugar besides like eating the carbs at night and stuff like that? So the way you, it's not like you can't have any carbs in the morning, but you want it to be, so let's just start with like breakfast. So breakfast, you want it to be more protein heavy than carb heavy. So like um, eggs or like some type of nut butter, something like that. Even if you want to do like protein oats, whatever it is that people want to do, it should have more protein than the carbohydrate. And um, the order of how you eat things matters a lot for blood sugar too. So like how you were saying, you want to have a balance here. So you have your carbs, your protein, your fat. Um, you always want to eat more of your protein and fat first before you eat the carbohydrate because that's creating like, you're not just putting the carbohydrate first in that's going to digest, especially if it's a simple carb, it's going to, and your blood sugar is going to go up. So you want to have that protein and fat because it, protein and fat, help you digest things a little bit slower so it doesn't spike your blood sugar as fast so that's super important and then obviously it's a lot of it's genetic so you have to make sure like okay if diabetes runs in your family you have to be super careful like you might not want to have as much sugar as like the normal person does you know like Mm -hmm. you want to be careful with those kind of things but then also eastern medicine so that's all like really I think you need both Western medicine and Eastern medicine for sure. Like you need 50, 50. So you want to make sure you have that part covered. You want to make sure you have the right vitamins and minerals and all of that, because like your body needs that to digest these things, to metabolize these things, to make your energy. So on the vitamin front, B vitamins are super, super important. So you want to make sure that those things are covered. Eastern medicine wise, your pancreas and your stomach, your pancreas obviously because that's where your insulin comes from so like if your pancreas is over or under active in eastern medicine that's when you're going to get issues so things that make your foods that make your pancreas overactive and these tend to be people so the type of eastern medicine that i use in my practice is called uh, um, a constitution medicine and each person falls under one of these categories so like people where their pancreas, if they're eating foods that make their pancreas overactive, that's going to be what causes them to have blood sugar issues because their insulin gets messed up. And I won't get into the foods that do that because then someone's going to think that they are this body type and they're going to go not avoid the or avoid these foods. But you can kind of people can like guess a little bit for themselves. But like, if you do crave a lot of sweets, if that's the thing that you crave the most, if like you think there's something wrong with your blood sugar, you don't want to have too many acidic foods. So you want to have things that aren't too acidic, aren't too yang or warming is what it's called and see if that helps. That's like a very Eastern medicine. And obviously like I do this one-on-one -on -one with people when I know exactly what their body type is and things like that. But that's just something to be mindful of. So that's important is you want to make sure your pancreas is working right because that's like what control your blood sugar. That's so, it's so interesting. And for people who like have, or maybe don't even know, like what are symptoms of somebody who may have insulin resistance? So 
like let's say you eat something like so insulin resistance is when your insulin like you become resistant to insulin so you have this all this sugar in your bloodstream but because your insulin isn't doing its job properly your cells never think they have sugar like it's just in your blood it doesn't go in your cell so you're craving sugar all the time you might be super tired because like you're not absorbing these you might want crave sugar all the time like that's number one is you crave sugar a lot yeah and um you might always feel hungry you might always crave sugar and you might be fatigued. Those are probably the top three things. But that's what happens is like you're eating sugar. It's in your blood, but it's not getting in your cells. Like it's just the insulin, your cells become resistant to insulin. So interesting. I love, I'm so nerdy and I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> also, I also heard that like glucose is like our body's like preferred energy source. It's like what yeah. makes us right. It's what uses like our, it's like everything, yeah. you know? So it's just so interesting to, because I took a blood test or some type of hair saliva test, something, I don't know. I don't remember anymore, but they were like, oh, you're leaning on insulin resistance, like towards that way. And I'm like, shit, like I thought I was fine in the hormone area, but then I got all the classic things of like, um, high cortisol, basically of having weight gain just around your midsection and like all the things that come with high cortisol. And I know that you had PCOS and I don't know much about PCOS. So I do know that a lot of people struggle with it. And I want to know if you can like, just rant on that for a second, like PCOS, what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people that have hormone issues actually think they have PCOS, but we just, unfortunately there's literally no other term that they created besides PCOS so everyone just gets like thrown under this PCOS umbrella but to have PCOS you have to have two of these three things like this is the scientific criteria for it so you have to have high androgens so like testosterone things like that they have to be high you have to have cysts on your ovaries or you have to not ovulate so you have to have two of those things to be classified as having PCOS interesting um and there's four different kinds of it so there's like post pill pcos there's insulin resistant pcos um inflammatory pcos and then i'm blanking on the last one uh oh hypothalamic hypothalamic pcos it's something like that don't quote me on that one but there's a fourth one that has to do with like your hypothalamic um axis so the insulin resistant ones is, is the most common. I think that I've seen um, a lot of people have post pill too. So that's like when you come off, the, like what happens when you come off the pill, you stop ovulating, your androgens go way up. I never had cysts on my ovaries. So it was just those two, like my testosterone was through the roof and I stopped getting my period, which is what a lot of people see. But then the insulin resistant one, that's when like your blood sugar is a little bit higher um obviously you have all the signs of insulin resistance like with all of them you can get this but really like people start growing hair in places they don't want they um start gaining weight when they're not changing haven't changed their diet at all but like you just start gaining weight um i don't know if i said hair loss but a lot of people get hair loss fatigue like crazy crazy fatigue um so back to pcos i was like where was i going with this but back to pcos so things it's kind of the same thing that you want to do all the things i said about hormone healing and like the general thing you're supposed to do that's 
you want to do it times 10 with PCOS. So like not just 30 days, you need to like put in, and a lot of people want to supplement or something, which there are so many supplements that individually, like if someone has high androgens, we need to figure out exactly what herb they need or supplement they need for that specific thing. Um, that's why I don't like saying too much. Cause like, if I say one supplement, everyone's going to go get it. And that's not how it works. Right. Except for magnesium, take magnesium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to it, you really want to do that times 10. Like I was saying with this, like you have to put in the work, you have to do the healthy lifestyle thing. I would say for at least like six months, mm. like, unfortunately it's really, really hard, but the more you know about your period, like I was reading up on things last night and I'm just going to throw out this science right now and hopefully someone will think it's cool. But this, what our bodies go through when we have our period is the most insane thing that you could ever imagine. Like I, I get goosebumps talking about it because what we do is crazy. So like we have all these follicles, your follicles start maturing a hundred days before your period. So if anything happens in that 100 days to your health, your period that it gets affected by is months from what, like it has nothing to do with the 30 day, the month before yeah. your period. It starts 100 days before. Oh my God. So then the last week, like before ovulation, that's when they're like really in a race. So your follicles are growing, growing, growing. Then right before ovulation, it's like, okay, it's go time. Your body makes all these hormones. And it's like, okay, we got to grow really, really fast to get to ovulation. So then out of all of these follicles that are maturing, like six of them get picked. They start like, okay, let's race to get to ovulation. So then you get to ovulation. If someone doesn't become pregnant, then that egg gets released. Then you have like this empty sack left over. And that empty sack becomes its this is the only place in the entire body, I was reading about this, the only place in our entire body where we grow tissue, like literally overnight and create its own like vascular system for it. Like we do this overnight. We create a new organ pretty much. It's called the corpus luteum. Yeah, we create this new thing and then that's what makes our progesterone. And if you don't get that, you're not making enough progesterone. So that's what then makes our progesterone to get our period. What? So like we literally create this from the empty sack, like in a few days or like overnight, pretty much create a new little organ that makes our progesterone. It goes up. If obviously you don't get pregnant, it comes down and then you get your period. So like, that's what we go through. <laughs> that's so yeah. insane. Insane. Like, you know what's more insane is that we are not taught shit about our periods in school. Like, we know nothing. All we know nothing. is like that you, it's like you bleed. Yeah, you bleed, and then <laughs> if you have cramps, that sucks. Go take like Advil or like whatever, exactly. and these painkillers that don't that aren't necessarily helpful in the long run, especially in terms of like gut health. But it's so wild to me how smart and just insane our bodies are, but we don't know anything. And it's like now all this stuff comes out about cycle syncing, and we're all like, what? We're supposed to do something different, like every phase. Oh, we have phases. It like makes me so happy though that like this is a common thing now. Like when you say cycle thinking, people are like, Oh yeah, like I've heard about it, which like nobody even knew what that was like two years ago. Literally. I know. 
I so, didn't I feel like I didn't know. I mean, like I was a nurse, so I we did have to go through and I knew that there was different yeah. phases of your period, but they don't teach you that you should be doing or eating specific things during each phase or like working out different. Like they just taught us like what happens during each phase in nursing school. But I'm like, mm-hmm. that was such a prime opportunity for you to teach yeah. us like what foods yeah. you should eat, what workouts. And you honestly, do. I don't even know if it's their fault because there's not that many studies. Like yeah. there, it's just starting now. Like, we have a lot more, like, let's say in the last, like, five-ish years. But it's, like, just coming out. Like, people are just starting to do all this research. Whereas before, like, yeah, there might have been, like, one or two. But I don't think anyone, everyone was, like, oh, like, whatever. Like, there's, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody cared to, like, look into it. It's I so know. crazy. Well, that's the thing that's freaked up about our society. I, I'm not even going to say medical system. Because it's, like, all studies basically are done on men. Our work... Mm-hmm life schedule is done on a men's schedule and it's like we are so different from men and then we feel so bad when we're tired you know and it's like we just have a different cycle going on like what is there there's just like a 24-hour like thing isn't it yeah it is it's a 20 so their hormone cycle is every 24 hours like what yeah like it's so insane (laughs) and then there's us and we have like a whole 28-day cycle and we're just it's probably because we can handle it (laughs) oh girls are like yeah like we can do a lot yeah it's especially once you know like after learning about this whole like us creating tissue we make tissue out of nothing in our body like like that I was like there's nothing I can't do. <laughs> no, seriously, if we can like grow yeah. something that has eyeballs and fingers and a heart and it's like an actual little person, <laughs> like what? Like literally what? Like that's insane. It's so wild. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, I know. I always like geek out and I'm like, do people even want to know this stuff? But it just makes me so excited that no. I'm like, I have to share. I literally love knowing this stuff because I was somebody who was like, because my twin sister, me and my twin sister are opposite like complete opposite she doesn't want to know anything she's just like accepted because nobody talks about it she's just accepted that you like it's normal to have a painful period and when i tell you this she suffers like suffers like every single month with like the worst freaking cramps and i did for a long time too but the thing is is that i lost my period for eight years which is insane. Damn. I like, can't even believe that. Is crazy. that. Eight years. It was wild. When I got it back, I was like, is this a dream? Like, yeah. I was like, there's no way. I like almost like accepted to a point that I just was never going to get it back. But like, it is just insane that we've accepted that painful periods are normal. Like to the point where she's like throwing up because she's in yeah. so much pain. That's definitely normal. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and no, but we think that we're like, oh, we have pain. And there's some girls that never have experienced pain. It's like I talk to people that have never experienced a cramp, but I'm like, that's crazy. That is so crazy. That's normal. Like that's how it's supposed to be. Um, and that's like a whole different thing. Like it's so individual. You think, like for your sister, for example, like she, if she ever wants to, should do blood work, like right before her period and see like where her hormone levels are at. Is one too low? Is one too high? Which is normally the the cause honestly though some people like their pain receptors are just a little bit like too much but even with that like you want to make sure like I don't know it has, goes back to inflammation like does she have other sources of inflammation in her body like there's literally a 10,000 things that can go into it yeah but it's like a whole body art for us like our hormones I don't know if I don't know if I want to say they're at the center of everything but like they control so many things about us that like we have to make sure what we're doing and how we're living is healthy so that like 
like 100 days think about that like you need to be healthy for those 100 days to have a good period like yeah we need to be on top of our game all the time oh my god it's insane it's really insane because when i first like before i lost my period before those eight years i was like her and i had the most terrible like was actually throwing up too from like having really bad cramps but our mom was the same way like my mom yeah. always had terrible cramps like her whole life and so like we did and then i mm -hmm. lost my period and then the first couple months of getting it back like i had really mild periods and then just the journey of like healing my gut health and my gut health was so bad. And then like the cramps got really bad again and like through detoxing mold and like all these things. And so it's like, I know what you mean when you say there's so many factors that go into cramping. Yeah. It's insane. And like, I think for me, I don't even think I started with a hormone problem. I think I started with gut health problems that led to inflammation that led to increased stress hormones that led to like this whole- A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Because that's like really the last thing. And that's why I was like, I don't know if I want to say it's at the center, but it's like what gets affected because of everything else. Like your gut a thousand percent is the center of everything. Yeah. If you're, if there's something wrong with your gut, it will affect every single part of your body. Oh my God. Especially, well, after, so for people in menopause, I don't know if anyone's listening that's going through menopause, but when you go through menopause, your so your ovaries are normally what make most of your estrogen. And when you go through menopause, it's your gut that's not making it. So people that are going through menopause, if they don't have a healthy gut, that's why they're getting a thousand symptoms because their gut isn't helping them make enough estrogen. But that's a totally different topic. That's so, and like, I love this shit. I love yeah. knowing this shit. I'm like, I'm going to be prepared for when I'm a medical. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, take gut health, let's go. Yeah, no. And like my gut health journey has been the hardest part of my healing. Like, holy shit. When I got breast implant illness, because that affects every single organ system in your body. So like, I just remember one, like a specific day where it felt like my whole entire body shut down. Like I couldn't digest food. My, I was in so much pain, like musculoskeletal wise. I was so depressed, anxious, all the things, you know, like I was shut down. And so it's been a, such a freaking long journey and like feeling like I got hit after hit, like with things, because during that whole thing, like I also found out we were living in mold and it was like so tough that's because like double that's like literally coming at you from all angles oh, literally all angles and so like then i had to like we moved out of that apartment as soon as we could and then it's like healing the mold and then now i like just did a whole nother stool sample test because i'm like what is going on like why am i still dealing and i found out i have like six bacterial overgrowths in my stomach and i'm like when will it end like it's but so see those things too like I would take those with a grain of salt because obviously bacterial overgrowth, like a ton, we we don't want that. We don't want too little of anything. We don't want, especially the bad stuff, but even the good stuff, you don't want too much of. Um, but I would take those with a grain of salt because there's so many strains of bacteria that we don't even know exist yet. Like we don't know anything about anything. Yeah. And that's why like even hormone and gut related things, like I don't love talking about it myself until like, I know everything there is to know because I'm like, I whoever says they know everything about everything, I would run fast in the other yeah. direction because we don't, like we yeah. literally don't know. Mm -mm. So like we know some things that make, we know about the strains, we like can look at it and say, yeah, there's too much of this, there's this, like, okay, yeah, let's fix this. But there's 95% of it that we don't know about yet. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a lot. It is so much. And like, I'm going to do what I got to do for this. Exactly. Like the only thing I'm trying to do is get to a place where I don't have the symptoms. Like I'm still dealing with this exactly. like random like weight gain and like being bloated 24 seven, that type of thing. That's the only thing I'm like, once that goes away, fine. 
I will just do that's where Eastern medicine comes in. So like my, for my IVF, I was like, I'll talk about this super quick, but um, I was in school for nutrition at the time. And I was like eating like solids and like, Oh, like everything that's healthy for you, eating my greens and like fish and things like that. And I went to so many doctors. I had endoscopies. I had colonoscopies because I was, I had a stomach ache every day. I had bloating every single day. Like I was unwell. And then I did all the Western medicine things. And I was like, someone referred me to an Eastern medicine doctor. And I was like, I'll just go. Like at the time I was like, this is like weird voodoo stuff. But like, whatever, I'll go. This is a while ago now. But so I went and he took figured out my body type. And he's like, yeah, you're not supposed to have lettuce or fish. Like those are lettuce, fish, and grapes. It's like top three things. And I was like, you're crazy, dude. Like mm-hmm. I go to school. Like I know I'm supposed to eat lettuce. So then he was like, just do it. You never have to come see me again if it doesn't work. And I was like, okay. Like, that's literally what he said to me. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll try it. I stopped for a week. I didn't have any lettuce. I didn't have any, like, raw greens. I didn't eat fish. And I used to eat sushi all the time. And I stopped. And I did not get one stomach. I don't get stomach aches anymore. I don't get bloated. How do you figure out what's your body type? So most people, and I don't know if you've ever heard, or not most people, you have to be, like, you know what you're doing to do it by the pulse that's how a lot of eastern medicine practitioners do it but you can also take an assessment which is how i do it for my clients they fill out an assessment and now i know them so well that like by talking to someone and their personality i can like because eastern medicine is very like your being and your personality and everything about you tells you about your body type like it's the whole system it's not just like blood work you know yeah um which i think they'll have blood work for it like they will figure out what it is that makes you like that later on I think they're working on it right now actually because I've seen studies about it but yeah it's based on like an assessment of different things like chronic symptoms from childhood until now like personality traits that are like evident in you not like oh I get sad but like what is the main feeling that you feel like over everything most of the time so things like that and so far knock on wood I have never had a client like come back and say, oh, I'm like the wrong body type or something. So that's it works. So interesting. Yeah. I feel like I need to do this assessment and figure out what the heck Absolutely. Is. I'll send it to you. You can do it. Yeah. I'm like, we need to figure something out here because yeah. I need to get this out of here because I'm so sick of being unwell, of like having symptoms because it's just, I went 24 years of my life being fucking yeah. fine. And so it was terrifying to have this like shutdown and then having mm-hmm. to get like the surgery to get the implants out and then like, before I got surgery, I couldn't do detoxing, even though I knew I had all these things, but you you can't detox with those yeah, implants yeah. in you because yeah. of all the heavy metals, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's just whatever. So then I had to wait until like six weeks after the surgery because my body was healing and you don't want to yeah. put too much pressure on it and like whatever. And so it's just been such a long journey. Yeah. And I'm like, anything like and this is so intriguing to me like learning your body type learning what not Mm -hmm. to eat because you do hear like oh you should eat salad and you should eat fish and it's like what if that doesn't work for me and I do blood work I'm like totally healthy there's you know like I don't eat I eat salad maybe once every five months just because I crave it and I'm still all about balance yeah and like sushi I'll have one but I don't even crave it anymore because my body feels so good on what I'm supposed to eat that it just wants those things now yeah. So like I don't ever and I was obsessed with sushi. Like no, same. I love no, same. sushi. And I, now I don't even think about it. I think about it like seriously once every six months and I'm like, oh I'm gonna eat it. I might get a stomach ache tomorrow, but like I know why. 
Yes. Oh my God. I stopped eating it because I found out that I was having like a parasite problem. And then I immediately got the ick because I was like, ew, rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't do that anymore. But like, it's so funny because me and my boyfriend used to go out and have sushi like all the time. Like we were mm -hmm. always eating sushi. And then I'm like, I don't even crave it anymore because yeah. I know it's just like not worth it for me in yeah. particular. But I'm just, it's so wild. Well, you might be in the same mindset as me. I, I feel like I might be. And that's actually so helpful because I do kind of eat salad a lot. Like not like a yeah, lot, okay. but like I do eat it. And like, I'm mm -hmm. always chronically having like some stomach issue. And I'm like, I don't even know what's wrong with me at this point anymore. Yeah, try it. Just try it like this week. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll report back. Perfect. But I also wanted to talk about this a little bit too, because, because it's becoming so prevalent, but there's so many people I feel like who are still on the fence about cycle syncing. They're like, how important is it? So I kind of want to know if you just want to like quickly, because I know we've yeah, been talking absolutely. about, yeah, break that down. Sure. So cycle syncing, I absolutely think it's very important for me. So there is a lot of books where it's like, these are the things you absolutely should get this part and this part. And it's like, oh eat a ton of leafy greens like the week after and I'm like I know that doesn't work like so there is a group of foods that you should be eating during each part and each person needs to pick from that list the foods that are going to work for them that's what I always say and that's why like it's hard for me to put out those things like ebooks and stuff where it's like this is a list because I don't want everyone to eat the whole list of foods like you need to know from that list what to pick for yourself Right. So there are there are four different phases. I'll go through them. It starts with your men your period, your menstrual like phase. So day one, always everywhere you look is the first day of your period. That's like when the first day of your cycle is the first day of your period. So then you have your menstrual phase, which is like I don't know four to seven days for people. Then you go into follicular phase, and this is the race I was talking about. So during this phase your follicles that get picked are now racing to ovulation. One of them gets picked for ovulation, sometimes two, that never happens unless you have twins. Um, so one of them gets picked. And then if you don't get pregnant, that's then you move into luteal, well, either way, you move into luteal phase. But for if it like, um, you know what the word I'm looking for is, but if you don't get pregnant, then it uh your progesterone starts going up 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 and then once it comes down so first half is estrogen is up 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 then estrogen comes down after ovulation then progesterone goes up so first half you want to eat foods for like estrogen and then the next half you want to detox that estrogen so that's when you want to eat like for people that can have it the leafy greens or things like that because now you want to like get rid of all of this estrogen then your progesterone goes up and your estrogen is like your happy hormone and your progesterone is not the sad hormone. It's still like, I think makes like serotonin and dopamine, but like it also kind of mimics um, testosterone a little bit. So we get like a little, obviously like agro disease before your period, you know, like that's when we get our symptoms. So your progesterone is going up. And then when that drops, that's when you get your period. So the drop of the progesterone is what makes you bleed again. Um, so those are the four different phases. Ovulation counts as a phase two. That was number three. So you want to eat according to each part. Um, and then the foods, I don't, I don't love listing them out because I don't want yeah, anyone yeah. to like, but 
just know like it's good to know like hey my estrogen is going up right now like this is things that I can do to support my estrogen during this time like that's when you have like energy and doing things like that like you want to plan stuff that's a good time to like do your planning and things like that because your estrogen is like okay like let's go then your progesterone too but like then you want to do the same thing and think about that like when your progesterone is on the rise so I absolutely think cycle syncing is amazing like People can do seed cycling if they want. Sometimes I recommend that for my clients, but you have to be really careful. Like if someone has too much estrogen and they should be careful with cycle syncing, like they don't want to do too much flex because that has a lot of estrogen. So like, it just is so individual. Like people really have to know what's going on on their insides before they just like start subscribing to a certain way of eating and just do it. Oh, for sure. I definitely was the person who dealt with like estrogen dominance like I was holding on like my boobs hurt really bad like I was it was not a good time but um then I heard so many people and I would love to know your thoughts on like the raw carrot salad that's just like goes viral but like I actually tried it you know and it it, I don't know that it helped I mean root vegetables are great so it has a ton of vitamin a in it it's amazing for it and there's nothing bad about eating carrots you know like you're gonna feel good if you eat carrots yeah it's just i just think it's so funny i I love when something like that just like takes off and everyone's just like i'm gonna go eat the raw carrots out and i don't blame them it's like you and i know when you're going through that for that long like you are waiting for something to be like this is what's gonna fix me yeah so like i don't blame people for like saying something you're like this is what's gonna fix my problems but unfortunately there is no and I feel bad for saying there's no easy fix like you have to put in so much work to be healthy it's not an easy thing to do it's very hard and I like you you have to do it yeah and I think the whole other part of like I don't because I fell into it too so many times I'm like oh that's gonna be the thing that heals me that's gonna be the thing but I think a lot of it too is I guess yeah I mean getting inspiration and doing trial and error but at the end of the day it's so individual and it's so up to you to find out what works for you and like your body so that's also again why I told you I was like drawn to you because I love that you're like we're gonna find out what works for you like you as a person like for my I don't have like a template that I send out like I don't have them ready. Like every single client, I make my protocol while we are talking to each other. And I send them that there's no one that has the same thing because it doesn't work. So people that make like these like supplement protocols and like buy my book for 30 days of how you're going to get better. I'm like, please don't buy the book. I'm like, 30 no. days or higher. It's not. <laughs> and people always tell me like, I can't like, oh, why don't you make a supplement? And I'm like, it would be one ingredient because like I need, I'm going to be like, this is for you. This is for you. So until I can figure out like one that actually everyone will benefit from, I would never, there's other ingredients of, of other companies. I just recommend that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom. You're the best. Yeah. That was fun. I could literally talk about this forever. I know. So I much. wish we could talk more. You're gonna have to come back on and we're just gonna riff on this. <laughs> but yeah. tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you, all that stuff. So um to work with me, the well society.com that has all like services, everything that you need to know. And then my Instagram, I share like a ton of stuff on there. It's Sanam, S-A-N-A-M dot Tahan. So those two places, you can reach me and we can talk from there. So exciting. Guys, you guys are going to love this episode. Tell us what you think. Tag us, DM us, (laughs) give us all the stuff because we want to hear it. We want to know what you got from this. And we will see you guys next time. 